Welcome, Black Equity listeners. We have another great episode in store for you. We're going to be talking about how the public needs to know about your business. We're going to sit down with PR Collective DC and understand how your business can be properly positioned uh, during these times to have the most maximum exposure. So I look forward to uh, having you listen to this conversation and really sinking your teeth into this wisdom. Um, while you're here, go ahead and sign up to be part of the Black Equity community and also subscribe to our podcast. We have a lot of great things in store for you. You want to get access to everything early and also anything that is a bonus material will be put right here on Black Equity Podcast. So you want to subscribe and make sure that you receive that information as soon as possible. Without further ado, let's get to this episode right here. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. Right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity. Uh, this is our premium video content. I'm definitely excited about this conversation. Uh, we are about to dive into a deeper side of understanding public relations. Uh, with me today, we have PR Collective. I'm definitely excited about this conversation. Ladies, uh, welcome to Black Equity. Thank you for having us. Definitely a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, if you could just both introduce yourselves and then tell us how you two came together. Okay. Yes, my name is Camille Davis, and I am the chief strategist and CEO behind Montage Public Relations LLC. Uh, my business is based in Washington, D.C., but we represent clients nationwide. And in my business, I am more so a boutique public relations agency. Um, I'm very selective on and the types of clients and the number of clients that we bring on. Um, and we're very strategic in our efforts to get brands noticed above the rest. Um, I really have a passion for helping others to build their brands and their outreach experts. So that's kind of, you know, the fuel to the fire. Um, but Chandra, do you want to introduce yourself and then we can kind of talk about how we linked up? Yep. My name is Chandra Gore. I am the principal consultant and um, publicist for Chandra Gore Consulting. Um, my firm um, secures foundations for um, companies, individuals and companies, um, both um, domestic and international. Um, we actually get them ready for public relations. So I start them out with getting their businesses where they need to be so their back house makes sense. And so that when we do move into the public relations aspect of it, um, they're ready, they're, they're digitally ready, they know their brand, they know their story, they have the, the means to um, take on the, the extra clientele, the extra sales, and the actual the notoriety that, that comes along with their business being put in the spotlight. Um, I have a serial, um, a serial entrepreneur, so this is one of the companies that I work with, but my main focus is, um, is this one. Um, so that's it. Um, so I'll wait for like, so how do Camille and I get together to create the PR Collective DC? Right. 
Definitely, um, I'm interested in this story. We actually, um, it all started with um, something I saw on Instagram, um, an event that she was having on Instagram, and that's how it um, sparked my interest in finding out who she was and what she did because her event was, um, was it looked it looked great. The energy for it was 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 a great setup. So um, I RSVP'd to attend her event, and that's where we ended up talking, connecting, um, realizing we had some of the same same um, same issues, same um, solutions that we wanted to provide. And um, oh yeah, then after that we did the fundraiser, um, the donation event together, and so that even made it even this solidified our relationship even more. Um, I'll let her expound on that a little bit. For sure. I think that I was in a place already with my clientele where I knew that I was not going to be able to do this solely on my own. And I say that to say your network is your your net worth, as they say. And um, in my particular situation, I need needed other publicists to tell me, what do you have going on? What are your clients doing at this time? How can we collaborate? How can I make sure that my clients are supporting you and attending your events? Do you have campaigns? Do you, you know, need actresses to do your PSAs, etc.? How can we support each other, um, you know, with our clientele? So I already had that need out there. However, I'm not sure if it's our culture in general that almost has us up against each other. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly comp, um, competing, particularly in public relations, because of course you want to be the best. You want everyone to think that you have superior services. You want all the clients to come to you as that number one agency. However, you know, this recent climate, uh, I think I took to Chandra because it was all about community. It was all about support. And I had not seen that anywhere else. I never um, had someone come and support me. That was my competition. So immediately I took her in as a breath of fresh air. You know, she wasn't there to poach clients. She wasn't there to uh, be sneaky or see what I had going on. And that was not something that I was used to. So I think that you know, it made me take a step back, but how could I not um, see what God was, you know, putting together with these two powerful women? You know, I had to take that chance and see what it was about. And like um, Chandra was saying, not only did she initially come out and support my event, I also was able to lean on her maybe a couple, not even a month later, um, one of the companies that I represent in the hospitality industry, Blue Waters Caribbean and Seafood Grill, we did a give back for um, MLK Day. Mm -hmm. And what we did was uh, we fed the homeless. So, you know, I'm always looking to people, hey, do you want to, you know, have your clients involved in this community outreach opportunity? Chandra showed up by herself with nothing, you know, no, no end goal, you know, just to, to merely support. And again, I haven't seen that, you know, I hear a lot coming from clients um, to my agencies, you know, the burn client. And that's something that we, yeah. we, we took to, we jumped on the fact that we had those similarities. So I was telling her, you know, usually I hear a lot about other publicists, but it's not really in a good light. And she's like, Oh, you know, I hear the same stories. And for, so we kind of linked up immediately because our clients all had the same needs. They all had the same frustration. So we said, how can we eliminate that gap? And I think that's how our relationship just developed from there. 
You know, when I came across your, your brand, one of the first things that stood out to me was, you know, changing the perception of uh, publicists. Mm -hmm. So, because I know we're about to dive in, it's going to be another great episode where we're about to break down a topic that people really need to understand. What is, before you came together, what was this image of publicists and why did it need changing? Because, like, a lot of times, like, the culture changed where publicists were, they used to be behind the scenes. We were the puppet masters. We were the curators of the story. We were, you know, we we were not seen as mm. at all. That's but true. with the advent of Cardi B bringing her publicist to light with um, Cream Agency, like, they, she was out front. Um, and a couple other publicists, too, you know, got it were brought brought into the news because of their antics or because of um they wanted to be, you know, they wanted to be an individual brand outside of being someone's publicist. So a lot of times the it happened to where the publicist wanted to capitalize off of being someone's publicist and being in the forefront in the spotlight. And so that the celebrity happened, yeah the celebrity that whole branding that came about, like I'm a celebrity publicist, every client should be a celebrity, no matter how small of a business, no matter how large of a business, each client that you take on to represent is a celebrity. It should be, that's the way it should be. But you have people wanting to change the way that they're perceived and they want to be seen and they want to be heard and they want to be the notoriety. So a lot of times that, that <clears throat> comes with subpar service because they're so focused on molding their image and their brand that they do not give the client who got them to that spot the attention and the the cultivation of their brand as they should. So they end up leaving and they have so much, like they're jaded with public relations from that. And then you have, <laughs> excuse me, people who get into... Um, public relations thinking that it's just a series of I'm just doing red carpet mm. my job is just to get you on the red carpet like no it's not attending these events because I've seen and Camille you we've seen them both publicists taking up a seat at the Grammys from a person that needed to go to the Grammys right taking yeah, pictures definitely you know, skewed yeah. yeah they've they've taken the they've Blur the line so much to where are you the talent or are you the publicist? Which one is it? So it actually has the work that's actually being done for as a publicist is not being done. And so clients are, how do I put it? Um, they're jaded because they feel like they're slighted. Hmm. So they come to us with unrealistic expectations, if that makes yep. sense. Understood. People are still come to us. They still have no idea of what public relations is, but society tells them that they need a publicist because, mm -hmm. hey, Cardi B has a publicist. Beyonce has a publicist. Who is their publicist? I want them to represent me. Let's be a realistic. You're not, you know, everyone is not going to be able to hire Beyonce's publicist. You um, don't even know who a publicist is no more. <laughs> I think that people, well, originally when I started in the industry is, I think that people were looking at us as spin 
and doctors. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was a term that I often heard. Um, I think that people thought that I don't need someone or a publicist to represent me until I have a problem. You know, they're, you know, we all know all press is good press. At least that's what we've heard. So that's what I initially would think that everyone would think of when they think of a publicist. How can I have someone put my image in the correct light? I can do as many bad things as I want, yes. they'll rebuild me. They'll make sure that everyone knows about me. They'll they'll take the brunt. You know, that's essentially what I think that people had as the perception of the publicist, but it still changed. Um, I think that people still don't know what is a public relations agency does? What is the difference between a public relations manager, you know, within a, um, you know, a public relations department versus a publicist? Um, and we're in the age where everyone can essentially be their own publicist. You know, we have celebrities reaching out via social media. They're tweeting their uh, statements to the public. You know, it's eliminating that need for that middle person. However, people really don't see that we're building campaigns in the back end. We're the reason why, you know, those brands have loyalty, why those brands have retention. It's very strategic, um, the work that we do. So opportunities like these are, you know, on, of, of high demand to us because we are able to really speak to what we do on a daily basis. So our listeners are hearing this and I know a lot of our listeners are taking notes. The number one question in their mind right now is, well, what the heck is a publicist? <laughs> so break it down for me. I'm, I have a misconception too. For once and for all, what is a publicist? <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to give, um, I'm going to actually read what the definition of what a publicist, one second, let me pull it up. <sighs> this is going to be funny because there's Is so there one set definition? I'm pretty sure that no, every de definition is different, say. right? This is so dumb. Let me, let me say this. Publicist, it's a noun. Let me just, we're going to go take it down to the basics. It is a noun. Is a person responsible for publicizing okay product, person, or company. Okay. The second definition is a journalist, especially one concentrated with current affairs, an expert on or writer in international law. So this is where the, that's total line, right? It's not actually the name of the publicist. It's what that, what that person does in that. Because essentially when you're writing a pitch, and you're actually curating a story that you want to sell to someone for them for this persuasive writing that you have to do. You actually are a journalist at that moment because you're writing a story before the story is written, but mm. you're tailoring the story so that they can understand, you know, and actually buy into the into the story, right? Into the whatever you're trying to sell. But as a job, as a, a publicist, is a person whose job is to generate and manage publicity for a company, a brand, or public figure, especially a celebrity, or for a work such as a book, film, or album. So this is where the whole definition of what a publicist is, is so many things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's one thing. So we actually have to be we have to generate the buzz. We have to manage the buzz. And then we also have to curate and keep the buzz going. And then on the back end, make sure you're corralling the person that you're representing, making sure they're not doing anything that's going to um, jeopardize exactly what you have. Like, 
it's corralling cats. Boom. <laughs> That's what it ends up being sometimes. Because if you have a problem, not a problem client, a client who feels that all media is good media, I'm not going to mention the little boy's name. And I told her, I t we talked about this, Camille. Um, he feels that all publicity is great publicity, and it's not. Because he, if he had a publicist, some of the stuff wouldn't been done. I'm just saying, like, with Okay, hold on. I so, think that people need to understand, I'm sorry for cutting you off, that your publicist has your best interest in mind. So right. basically, we create strategies on a daily basis to raise the public awareness about your product, your service, an individual issue, just like Chandra said. It is about managing and promoting positive personal mm -hmm. corporate products and images. That is essentially what we do. Now, how we do that, the tactics, the rationale, that goes into the campaign. Maybe, you know, being in the media is not your campaign. That is the point of having someone in public relations to strategize and say, what is the correct direction that we need to go to reach our niche audience? So that is the benefit of having someone on your team when you're launching a company, when you're launching a brand. You may have a product, but you may not be able to communicate what this product is about, what they stand for, who our audience is, who we want to serve. Some people literally just have an idea for a product, but they don't know how to sell it, how to get it in front of shelves, how to raise that public opinion. So that is specifically what our job is across whatever industry it is to make sure that we get you noticed. Now, that might be creating a guerrilla marketing campaign, you know, implementing that making sure that your brand is seen and sold everywhere that people look. Um, advertising, although, you know, they're very different. Advertising is a main part of public relations. If you guys notice when you are uh, just going down the street, everything is an ad from the bags that you're carrying when you leave a store. You yep. want those, you're advertising for that company, whether you're riding down the street and you see the new show coming on the CW on the side of a bus or at the bus stop while you're waiting for a bus, we're constantly being sold. And I don't think that people realize that public relations is the reason why your image is out there in front of the public. Who is that public that you want to speak to? Are, is it the, you know, those workers on the front line that are getting on the bus? Are those the people that we want to subscribe to our channel or to our product? That's our job to get your brand in front of those people. I guess that's in a nutshell. Now, how we do it, that's very different. Okay, so I'm hearing something that is something I've been hearing my entire life, and you're coming in and you're just knocking it off the table saying it's not true. You're saying that all publicity is not necessarily good publicity. No, Am I not. hearing that correctly? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Why is, why, why is, why is that statement being said now? Because I've been hearing the opposite my entire life. Look at the climate that we're in. We're currently in a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And certain someone tried to donate money to a cause, right? Um, that a controversial cause, rapper. Let's just say that very controversial we, rapper. We want to even give him that he's not a rapper. The charlatan that infiltrated um, 
he's a, the cultural vulture. That's what I'm gonna call him. Okay. Who came in and wanted to. He makes money off of a culture that he's not a part of. Okay. That's tried, a lot of people. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So that tried to come in and donate to a charity to clean up his image, and the charity did not want to be associated with the cult. Said cultural vulture declined mm-hmm. the goodwill gesture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, all the publicity that this this culture vulture has generated, even be doing a charity, doing charitable uh, contributions, won't even work to clean his image up because of the fact that no one wants to touch you, no one wants to be associated with you. So therefore, that's why all publicity is not good publicity, because if you run um, a campaign on trolling people being um, divisive, being a culture vulture and actually using the culture for some as a way to just to elevate yourself, but actually, you know, tear it down at the same time. It's not a good, it's, it's not what it's supposed to be. So if you have charities who do not want to have be associated with you, there's, that's where it should register with people like, you know what? I need to watch how I act in in the public eye, how the public perceives me. Because if you look, I will say, I don't know, a lot of people probably hope you don't don't remember, but when Ray Charles was, um, he took a stance on Georgia when they banned him from performing in the state of Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, okay, he took his own stand. And you know what? He performed everywhere else. He did great, but he took a stand. He was never shunned or anything from anybody anywhere else, right? Right. There's a difference. You know what I'm saying? That there's a difference. You know what I'm saying? When when you are in the press for something that you are standing up for, for a good cause, for something that makes sense, something that's going to en- enrich people. Okay, cool. That is understandable. But it I, it frustrates me because of the fact that. It's teaching this new generation that being a troll and being um, being negative and being something that you're not will get you all of the press in the world. It will get you endorsements. It will get you money. It will get you all of these things. But where does that leave the culture as a, as a whole? So I, that's what I'm saying. Please, let's take that whole myth of all press is good press because this is what it's created. Mm. That. That's what it's created. Yeah, it's all about what do you want your brand to represent? You know, who are you as a brand? And I think that people need to be acting within that. You know, everything that they need to do needs to align with that. And I'm glad that Chandra's giving some, um, you know, examples because everyone may not understand, you know, all of the jargon that we use. One that came to mind was Britney Spears. um, When Britney Spears was was she doing the campaign for Pepsi at the time, I believe, but however, was walking around drinking Coca-Cola. Like, that's what we talk about, you know. She is a public figure being photographed. You know, you have responsibilities for your brand. You you know, what do you represent? That's directly going against, you know, potential advertising opportunities for her. So when you're setting up your brand, you need to have a clear indication on how do I want people to receive me? Because everything you do, the people who are going to sponsor your organizations, they're going to align with that. People want to 
align people that have the same with the same practices that as them they have the same mission in mind so if you are a client and you're operating outside of that you literally may be jeopardizing any potential partnerships that we have lined up for you you know image is everything i think that we live in this world where people see the kim kardashians they see these multi-billionaires making money and they say how can i be in the news and in the press every day but they don't realize that you have to have something to say you know kim kardashian is posting every day however it's not always strategic. She's lucky enough that she has a brand and a following, whereas though it doesn't necessarily affect her. However, if I represent, you know, our median client, and then she then goes to post cornrows in her hair or bantu knots, and, you know, she's now being targeted as, you know, culturally appropriating, that is, you know, that could harm her brand. So yes, it may be great that you're in the news that everyone's talking about you on a daily basis, however, at what cost. And, you know, is it building the brand at the end of the day? Well, if you look at, I will say this, that's another culture vulture. If you look at how she got a team of Black attorneys to work on the campaign of freeing these people to try to spin her public perception. But we as a culture saw through that. We saw that, wait a minute, you saw in our media, and there's, I will talk about the difference between mainstream media and black media. There's two different, I will show the differences between the headlines on what, how we report and how they report on us. That how it took the black media pulling out the fact that there were black attor- women attorneys who were fighting on behalf of these wrongfully convicted people Kim Kardashian was just a face, was just the, the face to get mainstream to pay attention. But in the behind the scenes, it was African-American women who were doing the work and not being talked about for years until Black media pulled them out. So having a publicist who knows your story and understands exactly how to leverage different narratives so that you're seen is is what's necessary i I just you had to bring her up i had to to bring her up i would love to see that information you're talking about the difference between um mainstream media and black media whenever you whenever you get a chance i would love to see exactly what you're referring to because i will i have i will show the screen between cnn and afro yeah pull it up pull it up I'm going I'm to pull it up. Let me share my screen really quick. Okay. Um, while you're doing that, uh, Camille, um, let me ask this. Um, you mentioned uh, you have a responsibility to your brand. I love that. I love that line. Um, when you're first coming in, in contact with a client, do many people already know that they have that responsibility, responsibility to their brand, or are you having to teach them that? I'm definitely having to teach them that, unfortunately, Um, even down to the packaging. You know, I have eco-friendly brands that come to me and they don't realize that when their clients want to attach to something or their customer, you can't just slap a name on it and, uh, and, and think that people are going to th- take things at face value. So I don't think that people really understand that it's about building a culture 
you know, of people who have the same values, um, who want to relate to your story. So let's take like I said, that eco-friendly brand, even coming down to the packaging, you know, people now want to see, is your packaging plant-based? Is it environmentally friendly? You know, down to the colors, you know, are you giving a wholesome eco-friendly vibe? You know, it's, it's literally, you have to design with the customer in mind. And I don't think that people necessarily do that. People may see, um, hey, there's a need in the market. I have this product. Let me just put it out there right now. Everyone needs a face mask. Um, unfortunately, they're doing it for that reason. Simply, everyone needs a face mask. Let me jump on the wave. I can create face masks. However, right. are you designing with the customer in mind? Are you, you know, putting integrity and intention in your products? Are you making sure that your products can ward against, you know, disease or, you know, um, germ transfer, et cetera? You know, I think that a lot of people just have these fly-by-night businesses and they're just looking for a check or they're looking for overnight success. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, you know, Chandra and I really have to, scale it back a little bit, you know, what is the need? What is your market? Is there a demand for this at this time? You know, um, we don't just take on any type of client. And unfortunately, a lot of those businesses, we kind of have to scale them back to that why, you know, what's your mission? What's your vision? You know, are you looking to be, um, you know, around for a long time? Are you just looking for a quick check? And unfortunately, a lot of people are, you know, Um, but Yeah, I I don't know if it's because we're just in this culture right now where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or everyone wants to turn the side hustle, you know, and and leave their nine to five, which is great. I'm definitely encouraging entrepreneurship um, now more than ever. However, again, it takes more than just, you know, thinking of an idea and, and wanting to put it onto a shelf. You know, people want brands that relate to them, that have the messaging that shows that, you know, um, that's emotion provoking, you know, that has, people want to see themselves in the product. Would you say Chandra? Like I said, on a, um, we had a, a panel, it's compassionate marketing. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing now. So we have to teach your client how to, how to show compassion, but also market themselves so that it makes sense and they can connect with the community that they're in and they can actually um, come across as a community, you know, part of the community, but also as a business. So you have to be able to perfectly blend those two things so that it's not looked at as too salesy, you know, and they understand how their brand can nurture and support the community that they're in. Um, is my, my screen is sharing, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so which one do you see the Afro? Yes, I see the Afro. The Afro American newspapers is what yeah. she is referencing. Yeah, the, the Black Media Authority is, yeah. So Afro.com. So as you see the headlines, you know, see how um, the headlines Obama criticizes uh, virus response in online HBCU graduation speech, right? Right. So, um, I don't think it's sharing CNN at the same time. So if you look, so all of this is geared towards the African our 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 culture, and it's not polarizing. It's not separate. It's not. It's not like that, right? Um, you see, uh, there's every everything is where we we are not being um, demonized, right? And that's the difference between, you know, 
this media, and then if we go to CNN, let me pull that up. And as she's doing this, I just want to support to say this is the importance of why we have to have um, specific mediums geared towards our culture, or else, you know, you know, we're we've been preaching down people's throats how we need to control the narrative. This is how we do it. This is, you know, it's important that we have people in place telling uh, these black stories because. It, as she, you'll see, as she, you know, compares the headlines, well, that the well, story right. is definitely conveyed very different. And having a publicist that's going to advocate for the proper representation is key as well. It could be a white or, you know, Caucasian publicist or not. Making sure that they understand how you want to be, you know, how you would like to be conveyed. So as you look, Um, the first thing on the U.S. page, right? Um, you won't see a lot of, it's still loading, but you don't see a lot of diversity in some of the media. Right. You don't see a lot of that. Like you do really do, you won't see, um, a lot of like a mixed, you know, representation, like of our people, our culture, along with other, it's not a equal representation. And not so, only is the representation not there, but they're even, you know, the headlines are very different. Um, going back to uh, the DC Wharf situation, where you know, a predominantly uh, African American area in Washington DC um was swarmed by crowds during COVID-19 all for seafood the way that they depicted that story in the media was African-Americans you know can't stay home they're gonna die of coronavirus because all for crabs however in the same uh climate we had people over at the Grove in California they were coming out in flocks and that was not depicted as such as, you know, how could this community do such a thing? Those people, you know, like, happy to be outside, you know, people social distance in public, or, you know, it's just funny how the stories are the same, however, proceed, you know what I mean, written very differently, depending on the community. And you see all the way down, all, like, you just went down this whole page, right? This whole homepage. Right. We have Michael Jordan, okay? They because the last dance finale was um, important, right? right? You go down right here. It's here. The, that should have uh, been Obama the top headlines. That should have yeah. been one of the top headlines. I'm surprised they even say black or HBCU in the headlines. Girl, to be I was surprised. Well, you know what? Let let me let me come from this from a different angle. Technically, the Afro.com website doesn't have any diversity either. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm saying by having the Afro, okay, it actually, because it gives an alternative. Yeah, I agree there. It is an alternative. To what's being sold. But they're sure other, that those stories are heard and covered. Correct, because out of everything, the, like... The, the Afro exists because of this. Right. So that they're given if, the correct attention that they deserve. Correct. And if they're not, 
because of how mainstream media is, especially for our culture, the story has to be told. And this I is, agree. I think, this is the segue that for in public relations, I feel that there's so much div div division with black publicists. Like we had, there was a um, a big campaign about black publicists down in Florida. Mind you, there's pub there are publicists everywhere, but they wanted to be the first black pub like. And I'm like, you're not the first. Like, do. But I, I guess it's just that ignorance because they don't see many of us. And, and again, it just goes back to the conversation. What is a publicist? You know, I think that people are just now kind of looking into, okay, so black people can do this, you know, like, yes, we've been around for a while. But the PR collective DC would not exist if we were community over competition as well. Because the way that the culture is set up is everybody's in competition. You don't see on the flip side, because I know this audience is targeted towards Black equity and building our brain and building our wealth and breaking generational curses. Right. This is exactly why the collective exists so that it can show that two powerhouse firms can operate together as a community instead of being separate and divisive at this you know and this is exactly we want to teach about public relations but we also want to teach about community over competition but isn't that isn't that your firms or your uh, your collective isn't that your competitive advantage your competitive advantage is that while everybody else is competing you're coming together and bringing two different worlds together and uh, showing that by doing that, you actually are more powerful. That's your competitive advantage. And one of your competitive advantages, in my opinion. It is. That's, that is one of the, the fringe benefits of doing that. But mm -hmm. also we would, we wanted to also, one of the goals that we do have is to bring other, you know what I'm saying? To keep growing as, as we go along to show that community can be built among the same. Right. We don't have to compete all the time because this is what can be, it, this is how it could be a great thing if we just all, you know, get along and be a community. You don't have to necessarily like each other, but you could have the same goal on being, having integrity in your business and wanting to, to break the curses and, and show that we can work together and show that we can all win at the same time. And it, it's just, is is the competition the problem or is it the dirty tactics that go along with the competition it's the dirty tactics and the mindset because this happens in other industries as well mm. you know like this happens in other industries as well and we everyone has seen it like they said if all of us stood up together at once you will topple the board but we can't, we're so divisive, we can't even do that. I think that's- And I don't want to blame it on the media because there are, they're the gatekeepers and they're the people that we rely on to tell our stories. But I don't think that that competition and that, that dog eat dog tenacity wouldn't be there if we didn't have to fight for that one headline in yep. the national media. That, you know, I think that that's really mm. where, 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 that, where that begins, to be honest. Because okay. we- Hold on. I'm sorry. We're about to walk into something because I never thought of it from that perspective, Camille. Mm -hmm. 
So wait. Yeah. So as as a publicist, if you are trying to get into the media or trying to get your client, your product, or your company that you're representing into the media, in many ways you're fighting for headlines. You're for fighting headlines. for space. Yeah. You're fighting to be seen. And so you're saying, well, the competition wouldn't be so bad if you if it wasn't just one spot that everybody was 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 gunning for. Am I hearing yeah. that correctly? Yes, especially if you want to be in a national publication. You know, unfortunately, that's why a lot of publicists uh, shy away from going with urban media or African-American publications. They don't want their clients to just be featured in black publications. However, they don't they don't see the value in having specific mediums to tell our stories. But again, that's that that's the national media is doing you know like like mm -hmm. I just said if we didn't have to fight for that one headline for that black owned business that's allocated in USA Today for the week you know it's then so then that wouldn't be an issue uh celebrities are literally turning down black mediums on the red carpet I know you guys Who have seen that you know Glory. because they don't feel as though oh Holly Berry um she 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 was uh famous for this you know, people were really kind of disgusted. You know, these were the people that built you. However, you don't want to give stories to our publications because people don't see them as national or as, you know, Valuable. as a, uh, yeah, they're looking for numbers, unfortunately, you know, right. rather than understanding, thank goodness that these, you know, mediums are in place to share our stories. Because if there weren't people that look like us on the other side, I'm telling you, those stories would not be told. But some of the African, but some of the publicists that, you know, will say, uh-uh, keep going. It took her saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to pass my sister and my brother up. I love and that. And so this is where Black media was, it, they had to fight hard to get on a Grammy's um, media room. For the Oscars media room, there's, oh, there's slim pickings for how many um, Black publications or African-American publicists that they actually allowed to cover. So we have to do the do. Some publicists are doing double work because they're working media and as a publicist at the same time because they're capturing stories which cultivated, which actually pushed the brand of a publicist, but also a reporter or a journalist, like the flip side of that. So we had to take the dual role to make headway. And it, it's just it's created that divisiveness and that dog eat dog and that, you know, that, co that competition. That's where that, that comes from because we're shut out. There's 75 spaces, but only five of them are going to be for African-American um, journalists or African-American news. And then even with the five, you have 200 people vying for that, that those five spots. Okay. So I'm looking at Afro.com. I'm looking at CNN.com. Mm -hmm. On CNN, there is Michael Jordan. And then yep. there is Barack Obama. Yep. On Afro.com, it's all black. Yep. But there's not one story about white people. Okay. I'm just being honest, right? Let's, yep. let's call it. <laughs> so my biggest thing is, why compete for the CNN spot? Because... And, hold on, hold on. Why compete for the CNN spot? when there's so much black media that's, that's, that is needing more stories and is talking directly to your audience. Why, why, 
why why even go towards the Oscars? Why go towards the Emmys? Why go to CNN? Why go to because I believe black culture is mainstream. So if black culture is mainstream, then how could the opposite be the mainstream media? Wouldn't our media be mainstream? Yes, we it would be, but okay. CNN is a known brand. People associate respect well. respected. No. See, people associate those names as you've made it. Yes. You know, it used to be a time where you made it the essence, you were doing great. Now people yes. want USA Today, they want they want New York Times. They want to be seen on that unattainable kind of like, oh, I've, I've, listen, I'm better than you because I made it to this media outlet. So I can demand more because guess what? The white media looked at me and put me up, put me, put me in Society and ideals. Yeah. Society has done this to us for years by, you know, by telling us what's appropriate, what's more important, what's best pretty much is that mentality that their ice is colder, their media is better. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the fight comes. Because I had, I, I will speak from persons, I had a client say I did not deliver, even though I gave them, they were on the news every single month, sometimes twice a month. They got placed in our media. They got placed in um, other outlets, but because they didn't get this one white media, I did not deliver on what I could do. Mm. Somewhere and, in our design has told us that we need that acceptance, that we that's, need, that's, you that's, know, that's, we that's, need that to break through. Yeah. Correct. Like that, that, even though you got all of this and clients that you had to hire somebody to take care of, but because I didn't get that one, I didn't land that one outlet, I lied about who, what I could do. Mm. Because that's what made that was that's the pinnacle of making it that news outlet. I just tweeted prior to this conversation. I just tweeted that making it is one of the biggest illusions that I've ever seen in my Smoke entire life. What what are you making? Smoking me. <laughs> I made it, y'all. Okay. Um, all right. You're looking for acceptance from people who were not willing to accept you, which made you want mm. get that acceptance even more. Because they ice is colder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, with all this information about that that I'm learning, because you're 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 schooling me, you're giving me game on this. I haven't seen it from this perspective before. A th- a thriving business right now, even a, a black owned thriving business. They might not have any uh, public relations or they may not be taking it seriously. Why do they need a publicist if they do not have one? And why should they even be worried about public relations? One, they should be worried about public relations. And I say this, even if they don't hire one on retainer, they should consult with one to check their image to check what they can do, like pay for the strategy session. Make sure that, you know, you let your your goals, you know, so that you can set goals, so that you can understand how best you can maximize the audience that you would like to have, the customer base you would like to reach. So even if you don't hire a publicist to be on retainer, still consult with one. 
so that you your branding because you can, there's a difference between branding and public relations let's get that out because everybody said well i got a logo and an instagram i'm good no 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 what message are you what story do you want to tell on your social media this is where having a publicist come in and coach you a little bit or give you a strategy that will help your business get to the next level so that it appeals because what if, if you have 12 bad reviews that publicist can come in and help you to change those that public perception of yourself of your business if that makes sense yeah i think it's about constant reevaluation. Yeah. um like chandra was saying you, you know in order to strive towards longevity and i think that a lot of brands aren't looking for the five to and the 10-year plan mm -hmm. like we were saying earlier they're thinking about that fly by night that overnight like let's fly. talk about um slutty vegan for example took off overnight success right you know however are you thinking longevity you know a, a public relations team is always thinking ahead you know we're planning three six nine months sometimes two years out where some brand managers are just thinking now in the moment hey everybody's going vegan i need to ride this wave however we need to make sure that you know are we still can communicating the same messages five, 10 years from now, you know, how is this wave going to change? What's going to be the next trend? You know, we're the people who are forecasting for you. Um, you know, we're the people who are going to make sure that you remain relevant, make sure that you remain newsworthy. Yeah, right now, everybody's going vegan, but we can't say that that's going to be, you know, the trend two months from now. Right. You know, so I think that people need to realize the value of having a public relations team on their hand on their on their side you know you never know when you may have to issue a crisis statement you never know when a pandemic may hit and you may have to pivot and someone needs to control okay my messaging needs to shift from the fact that you know we're booming we're in business we're the leading number one black business but now people don't want to hear that people want to hear what are you going to do for me you know what are you doing to serve your community how are you assisting people on the front lines um and and again that goes back to all presses and good press it's about what's timely and um i think that that's you know the number one benefit to having someone in public relations on your team you talked about um being ahead of where your client is thinking and being six to nine months ahead where is black culture where is our community where are we going where take me a year from now two years from now how are things shifting what should people be paying attention to as business owners and even investors right now again it's about culture and community even sponsorships chandra and i are working on sponsorships and pitching events yeah. from for a year or two ahead. We don't even know if the current climate is still going to be virtual or if we're going to be able to even, you know, go out the house to attend events. However, sponsors are craving right now that cultural aspect. Uh, they're craving to give back to communities. They're craving to see that community outreach. So again, that's another reason why having someone on your team that knows what the news is looking for, what the sponsors are looking for. I think that that's what's going to be the next outlook. Everybody is thinking about recovery right now. We're in recovery mode. A lot of people are losing their jobs. It's going to take a while to rebuild. And the best message right now is about resilience. And I think that we're going to be on that for a while. Um, I think that in, in the long run, like if you look at how social media has been um, a staple, like take the shade room. 
um, they are on major major national carpets now. They are being looked at as a, a viable news outlet, right? So look at the trends on how we're taking the bad apples and making apple cider out of it and, you know, use leveraging these kind of platforms going forward. Even though we're like Camille said, I'm not going to, you know, go over, you know, because that was a great, that actually brings in, you know, the different outlets as a culture on what we have because our good news stories are coming from things like the Shade Room, are coming from Boston, are coming from Madden War. All of our good news and stuff like that, that's where we're coming from. We're getting our daily fix of good news, you know? So if we notice that trend and keep that going and not focus on, you know, we got to tell the truth about the negative stuff that happened, the dirty laundry, but it's told in a way that we can all digest it, not as um, demonized as in in, in mainstream media, you know? So look at how that is how that is taking place and as a business or a or a charity or an individual you know using that as in the in the future where we're going to get our news from and where we need to tell our stories and who we need to tell our story you know how we need to funnel our stories to someplace i think that in the in the next couple years we won't even be checking for mainstream you know what I'm saying? Because with the ad, like social media has become the repository for everyone to go get their news. And if we're controlling the narrative, then that's where we're going to. Because I, you could actually say one thing to be posted on social media goes like a spreads like a it spreads like wildfire. Right. So if we could, as a people, actually put challenges that make sense, save your money challenge. <laughs> Open the LLC channel. Like, look at that, because that is actually public relations, too, because trust and believe there is a publicist and a marketing team behind these challenges. Right. Taking notes and realizing what's going on and how it's working. So pay attention to those things. That's where we're moving to. You know, lo and behold, like all the layoffs and stuff like that are happening with mainstream media. You got to look at what's happening, what's, where, where are we going? I mean, it's best to have a publicist to help you to stay on trend and get and keep yourself in the um in the in the cycle of things. Yeah, look at how many businesses did not survive the you know COVID nineteen because they yep. didn't have a team in place to prepare for. Yeah, we were doing great. We were leading business. However, we didn't prepare for a pandemic or how to shift our messaging, you know, to pandemic pitching. So you know, the, there's so many. Go ahead. On the other side, we, we talked about, you know, a thriving business, why they need to add um, someone to the team. What if somebody is, you know, they've had this idea for quite some time. They didn't know the pandemic was going to happen, but they're like, hey, I'm ready to launch this business that I was already going to be launching. What do they need to be considering to get to that point of being a thriving business? And how does publicity and having a publicist play into that? I think that people don't want to be sold at this time. And I think that that's what people want to, they, they need to start there, you know, going back to that compassionate marketing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the strategy has changed. So a lot of people are creating, like I said, you know, companies, they have a mass company because they want to fill that need in the market. However, you know, I, I just, I, I, I hate for people to work so hard on a brand 
and, you know, and not get uh, their due out of it? You know, why would you not want to raise your profile? Why would you not want to maximize the the number of impressions that you will receive, the number of people that are, you know, uh, being faced with your product on a daily basis. You know, you may have an idea, but you may not be able to communicate to the public, you know, Mm -hmm. what your brand stands for or what it's about or, you know, where to even purchase your product. Definitely. Uh, You said raise your profile. Hold on a second. How does raising your profile benefit the company, the product, or the person? How does raising your profile help? Chandra, do you want to take that one? What do you mean? So when you raise your profile, so making sure it's it's cohesive, making sure it makes sense, making sure that you're ready to actually be out there. You're ready to <clears throat> clean up your image if you had some bad things happen in your business where you had delays in shipping or you had some a couple of bad batches of product go out. How would you <clears throat> make up for that? You know what I'm saying? Because you can have an image that is tarnished, but with a little bit of polishing, it could actually, you know, make sense and and be ready to go out there to be to be touched again. Cause some but some images can't be cleaned up. I'll I'll say that. You can't some profiles can't be raised. It's a lost call. Just do something else. You made me think about um the client who comes to me and they're like, I I'm the premier spot for this. How are you the premier? How are you the first? How are you the leading? How are you tried and trusted? If people, you know, if you're a new business, you have to put in the work. You have to have the testimonials behind that. You have the proof is in the pudding, you know? So that's what I say by, you know, raising your profile. You can't just start off and you're at the top, you know, people, yeah, you, you have to put in that work. You know, it's all about positioning. If you you want to be on the top of the market, you know, you have to put on that work. You have to, you can't just say tried and trusted if you're not there, you know, mm-hmm. getting constant feedback and constantly reevaluating your products and your services and making sure that you're putting out the best, you know, for your customers. So it, it takes constant work for sure, you know, and your profile can slip at any point. But again, it's mm-hmm. about, you know, positioning yourself to be the best amongst you know, a saturated market in many cases, you know, profile is really important. Why should they choose you over, over the leading brands, over the Procter and Gamble's, over the Johnson and Johnson, those that have been, you know, those, those household names that have been around for centuries. But some people don't realize that some people don't understand about raising your profile or checking, like we went through checking up reviews. You know what I'm saying? Make it, looking at how, don't look at yourself as, okay, I know I'm the best. You got to look at how other people are looking at you. You have to yes, take that hard Sometimes that is the hardest thing for a person to do is to look at what everybody else perceives you as or how everyone else is listening, looking at you. I've had these hard conversations and I've been told you hurt my feelings. I didn't hurt your feelings. I just told you, I just turned the mirror 
so that you could see what everyone else is seeing. Even though that's not the message you want to convey, this is what, what this is what people are seeing. So that's where having that that look having someone bring that look to you and to your to you to you so you can see it and so you can improve on it so you can be the premier so that you can be the best in your in the area so that you can do those things to improve yourself to make yourself that brand you know yeah. that it's it's personable making sure people see that there's a person behind the brand everybody knows Procter and Gramble but do y'all really know who who Procter and Gamble is like do you have a name like who, who are they Right. Your business, you know, like I'm saying, but your business is a mom and pop business, even though you're just you selling lashes. You know, there's so many big name companies that sell lashes, but what makes you unique? This is where a publicist will help you to define that portion of yourself to show why people should buy from you, show why your product, you know, is important, show why you are the secret sauce that makes your product great. That, that's where- Yeah, that you can in. say all day, this is what I do for business and this is what I represent. But like Chandra said, do people believe that? That's mm -hmm. our job to convince them. Correct. I like that. Okay. So for the publicists out there who do want to be collaborative, they may be listening to this episode. They may have seen a clip uh, circulate through Instagram or social media. Uh, how can they be part of the collective or work with the collective? What is that process like? First, you can send an inquiry to info at prcollectivedc.com why you would like to be a part of the collective. You know, that way we can get together and we can talk about it because not every, not every collaboration is meant to be. So that's the hard decision. That's where... That part comes into because if it's for oh I need to I as a brand need to raise my profile so I'm a connect with no it has to be a genuine connection I think that that's where it should start from I mean I'm not I'm a, I'm not opposed to it I would like to collaborate with more people I just you know yeah. you also have to have a profile that is you know on the same level to be honest you know I. I think that we're working so well together here with the PR Collective DC is because we both have so many strengths. We have so many, uh, you know, accolades to bring to the table. And not to say that you have to be this highly successful person to, you know, link up with PR Collective DC. DC. However, I found a benefit of having a relationship with uh, Chandra because I'm able to, when I'm not present, I know that she's going to bring that superior, you know, uh, work ethic. She's going to bring that quality to the table. You know, a lot of people, other publicists, I can't say that. I can't say that, you know, in my absence, I can count on her to get the job done just as efficiently as I could, you know? Okay. So not only are we like-minded individuals, but we also are supporting each other. So you have to have that want to contribute to your sister's success or your brother's success as well. You know, in PR Collective, we specifically set it up as PR Collective DC because we we do want, um, you know, a PR collective ATL, a PR collective Miami, a PR collective NY. You know, we want to show that people like us can come together. And if you're looking for a team rather than an individual to get that job done, you know, you know that you have, you know, these esteemed professionals that are going to take care of your brand. 
And if I'm a thriving business or I'm starting a, I'm just starting my business, what is that process like to be able to access you and potentially work with you? Schedule a consultation. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fee, it'll be, if you know, once you send your inquiry, you'll get a link to book your consultation. And yes, there is a premium to do that because during these consultation work is done. You're not just going to sit and talk. You're going to get things done while we talk. So that's where there's a premium. That's why, you know, there's a consultation fee along with, you know, finding out if you need a publicist or we can give you tips that can help you to get to the point where you can and you will, you know, need a publicist. Yeah, many people unfortunately reach out to us via DM or personal message or even text or on the street, you know, hey, I have this business. Can you give me a couple ideas? They want to always pick your brain. They want to brainstorm. However, they don't realize this is what we do on a daily basis. We literally make sure their brands succeed. You know, so to to give away our resources, to give away, you know, even our time is of value. And unfortunately, the publicist really isn't valued. Um, but I think that, again, goes back to people not knowing what a publicist does or that lack of presence of the publicist, you know, on the forefront. But hopefully that'll change and people will start seeing our time as being valuable because you can go into a consultation session with us and literally write down all of our ideas and maybe you don't have the budget, you know, to hire us full time to implement them for you. However, you are um, walking away with a clear, you know, path uh, that you need to implement for yourself. I love that. Um, now, I, I can't let you get out of here without at least throwing this on the table. If you are the publicist, and maybe you are, I don't know. I don't, you know, you, you're behind the scenes. If you're the publicist for Teddy Riley, and he has a situation <laughs> during the battle. I'm give him some Wi-Fi. I love that. <laughs> do you just let that go and just fuck no, it up? Or no, what do you do? I came up with a whole plan in my head as everything was happening. Just give you one or two points. I would talk to an internet provider and an audio, uh, audio uh, equipment provider, and I would have him be the spokesperson, the endorsement for that. Because guess what? Everybody, he needs both of them. That's Some smart. Audio- and that can last for a good six months or so. People would love to see Oh, that. they need to, he, he needs to ride this wave for sure. It's being yeah. talked about. And if I was an internet provider or an audio engineering um, equipment company, I would be on his line, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? Right. Let, let us upgrade you. And I want to be known as a company that upgraded Teddy Riley's internet. <laughs> and uh, what? For sure. And we haven't heard Teddy Riley in how long, but now he's relevant. So how is he going to ride this wave man. to stay relevant? People are going to want to see a month from now, Teddy, do you still have that 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 you know subpar uh, internet service provider? It, it would behoove him to go live every week showing how his business is progressing. Because you know, that's how people need to take a situation yeah, and turn it into a positive. And of course, yeah, many endorsements, I'm sure, are on the table for him. I don't think so. So who? No, <laughs> that's a great opportunity to show that change, that transformation. Who who won? Did Jill win or did Erica win? Don't give me the culture one. There Don't is give me Erica. That. Erica. Winner, there was no battle. That was two sisters <laughs> coming together to give us, bless us. 
listen, my soul is right right now. You hear me? My it was a soul. really great. It was a great moment. I, I threw the I threw the sheet out the way and I said, okay, they're not really battling. They just, yeah. I, I think that was important. Doing. It was it was cool. But then we have Luda versus Nelly. Luda. I didn't even watch. Luda won because Nelly still had <laughs> that country grammar modem from back when it came out. See, <laughs> he still had that modem. And, yeah. And it's something we said earlier. We were talking about um you know, going to CNN or going to Afro.com. You know, during the battle, Nelly kept talking about, he's been talking about it for the last few weeks, about how he kind of brought back the Air Force Ones when he had that song and all that good stuff. But my thing is, you don't, you don't own, you don't own Nike. No, he doesn't. And let's talk about this real quick. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me throw in one more thing. Imagine if these rap artists and these celebrities Instead of, you know, endorsing Air Force Ones and Nikes and all these different stuff, imagine if you took the Black-owned brands and instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, doing whatever in my Air Force Ones, you were doing it in Mm -hmm. whatever the other one is called. And them apple-bottom jeans that he was If you were able to push the profile of those companies, imagine where we, because we are mainstream. That's why I get confused when we're saying mainstream media. I think we are the mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's all about money. And Unfortunately, those is, small businesses and Black-owned businesses may not have the money to pay him to endorse them, you know? But but yeah, that's unfortunately, we live in this superficial culture. That's all it takes is a shout-out by your celebrity and, you know, your stock will increase and, you know, product will fly off the shelf. <laughs> and the business could be straight garbage, but because Cardi B said so, ooh, honey, let's go ahead and swarm the website. I mean, and this is where the problem comes into play. Like, if 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 Nelly had vocal, like I can go back and list because you know, nine nine two thousands, that was my time. The apple bottom jeans and things. But mm-hmm. at the same time, understood. understood. He could have brought back those, but those lines did not go anywhere because it wasn't a thing. It wasn't as um as looked upon as acceptable. Like baby fat is back. You know, like I think that it, it's they both could have, but let's. I need to touch on this Luda uh, Nelly thing. Sure. That song Saturday was on Luda's um, de, um, his um, demo tape. So the whole thing that Nelly was saying that he took Saturday from him with the chickens and stuff, I just had to dispel that myth. That was on Ludacris's uh, demo. So technically, you kind of bit off of him because mm. that was on that. But I just want to state facts okay. from the Southern girl because we're not going to, we Midwest going to come for the South. Understood. But I will say this, if Nelly was smart, he would have brought back vocal and apple bottom jeans and capitalized off the versus battle and got the resurgence of that clothing line, that black owned brand would have been selling so fast. Had he done that, had he had he went back to the closet and pulled that out, there would have been more people in business right there. But City Trends, I think, got Apple Bottom jeans. So, so approach these battles as an opportunity for marketing, as Correct. an opportunity for advertising, as an opportunity for strategic partnerships, not okay. just what song you like, but be very strategic in the long-term um, things that could arise from this. Yeah, because let let uh, 50 Cent 
um, do a versus. You know 50 Cent gonna capitalize on them tight white beaters that he used to sell in them jeans. I'm telling you, them leather jackets that look like they came from Burlington. Trust and believe those those are gonna be on, on the website. Because look at Erica Badu and Jill Scott. They did a whole clothing line, you know what I'm saying, based on, like they actually sold it like concert gear. On, oh, I didn't know that. On yeah, Erica's smart. website. <laughs> I didn't have $80 for the sweatshirt. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I screenshot it. I was like, ooh, one day I'm going to get it when somebody sell it. But they had t-shirts and sweatshirts. And guess what? The money went to both of them. Right. Jill and it was highly strategic. That was strategic on that part. I love that. Because not only are we social distancing at home and people can't get out to attend concerts, so why not have a concert in your own living room where you're going to want to sport the apparel? But again, it goes back to people being nostalgic and wanting to, com you know, have that community at this time. I so why not appeal to that? I'm mad now because I want a t-shirt because I know <laughs> it's, and then the thing is, and Erica Badu took the after party to her own platform. It was a dollar, mm -hmm. four quarters. Right. And she made a killing because she created the platform because she knew they would come. So she figured out that sweet spot where it can be done. And I see a lot of entertainers and arts, you know, comedians and stuff doing these free Zoom shows and stuff. Listen, I'm, I, I gave, I build out some sites for people to get paid for their works, their arts. I'm not going to push it anymore. I'm going to go about my business, but I will say this. That Erica Badu, Jill Scott mashup versus was exactly the model everyone needs to take note from. It was a vibe and they made money. They appealed to everyone's emotions, most importantly. Yeah, you know, people right. don't see that. That's why it's sold. I they appeal to our emotions. And the, the sandalwood and, and all of the incense, everything came through on Instagram. I love it. I love it. Before we go, is there any final thoughts you have uh, for those who are listening uh, to this episode and they're about to walk into, uh, you know, bringing on a publicist or bringing on a PR firm, what advice can you give someone, whether they're working with you or someone else, how do you know someone is, is the right fit for you? State your expectations up front. Make it known what you understand a publicist can do and actually ask for clarification so that there's no gray area on on what you are looking for when you're working with a publicist because and that make sure that publicist is open honest enough with you to ask that question are my goals realistic are my goals realistic are my expectations realistic those are the questions that anybody goes to a publicist know what you want or ask them to help you define what you want and make sure that your expectations and your goals are realistic because sometimes i want to be on the cover of time magazine mm -mm. that's not gonna work let's get you on um jet magazine something that way you understand what's going on with you working with a publicist i can't stress that enough and i tell people up front when they come to me, you know, directly to me, and they say, this is what I want, I'm telling them, this is not where you are right now. We can get you there, but I'm going to be realistic with you. I've had people walk away because of that. 
And that's fine with me, but make sure the publicist that you reach out to gives you realistic expectations and goals. And that's that's all I have to say. That's it. Yeah, I just want to remind people at this time to be focused on longevity. You know, I think that instead of, again, going back to that, you know, having a fly-by-night business or being, you know, concerned about sales only, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people come to us and they expect us to increase their numbers and sales, but they don't realize we don't do marketing. Mm -hmm. Public relations is to make sure that people know about your brand. Public relations is to make sure not only do you have that customer, but that you retain them, that they are a repeat customer. So I think that people need to, again, you know, focus on that longevity. You know, the first question we're going to ask you is, what is your vision? You know, when are you looking to be around five or 10 years from now? And um, we start from there and work backwards. PR Collective DC, Camille, Chandra, thank you both for coming on Black Equity. Uh, Please do not be strangers. Uh, come back on. Let's chop up and talk about culture. If you have any clients who are black owned or have black owned businesses or have uh, black owned products, uh, we invite them to come on the show. We would love to speak with them. Thank you both for uh, coming oh, on the show. Um, thank, thank you for, having for allowing us. us to, you know, yeah, share a voice. We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved Black Equity Strategic Partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email, djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guests you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.